What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sam's Report. It is a Friday at 10 a.m., which is when I do the live streams for those who ask uh, on a relatively regular basis. Uh, we are now into the month of March. We are uh, warming up quite literally here in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is where I'm from. And that makes me happy. Days are getting a little bit, I shouldn't say days are getting longer. The light outside is lasting a little bit longer into the evenings, uh, starting a little bit earlier, which also means that golf season is coming up. I'm, I didn't get out last week, uh, even at the driving range, but anyways, uh, good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. I am, uh, <laughs> right before the show, I, I'm always tinkering, no matter what. It doesn't matter with software, hardware, or whatever. And I discovered I, I'm very much not the first person to ever use this, but there's a product called Voice Meter. It's actually freeware, uh, or donationware, I believe is the proper term, that allows you to do virtual sound mixing between applications. And I think I might try to start using it potentially even for this afternoon. We'll see if I can get it all figured out and wired up. Um, but basically, it's kind of a take Microsoft's volume mixer and puts it on steroids and gives you much better control for podcasting. It would be much, much easier because it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to control um, external sound, even like that intro that just played. Uh, getting that audio relatively close to my voice is extremely difficult. And so I think I'm going to start doing that. But anyways, uh, once I get more on that, I'll, I'll definitely share. It's uh, complicated, but I think I've watched enough YouTube videos now to say that I'm a master of it. Um, now the next question is, can I actually download it and get it figured out? But here we are, uh, another week of Microsoft stuff, another week of just kind of general tech stuff, another week of new hardware at my house. Um, this bad boy right here, which there's the lighting. Uh, this is the Surface Pro. This is the, yeah, just Surface Pro. I was about to say Surface Pro 5. Uh, but this bad boy has LTE. And so I, there's a reviews embargo on it, so I can't give the full opinion, but um, I can't really give any opinion, I think is kind of the deal here. But I will have more on this guy soon. Um, I, I can kind of, I think, oh, well, it's got to boot up here. But while that's happening, what what it does is that you can see in the back here, you see that this is the SD slot, and that's the SIM slot. And so Microsoft announced this thing a while ago. I believe it's been available to commercial users and all that good stuff um, for a while now. But I finally got my hands on one. And I will have more. Come on, log me in. Making sure it's you. There we go. So what it does here, hide that, hide that. Uh, what it does here for those people who aren't watching the videos will be a little weird. But what you can see here is with something with LTE, you can see that top connection. Uh, this one's running on T-Mobile. And what it is, it's you just connect, hit the little button you think of as Wi-Fi. And at the top, it says T-Mobile or whatever your carrier is. And then from there, you just select it, and then you're on uh, you're you're on, you're on the airwaves. Um, it's very simple, as you would expect. If you've ever used anything else with LTE and Windows, it's just like that. But um, I know not everybody has, so I will have more on that here in the coming weeks. But uh, let's just dive in, shall we? So one of the things that Microsoft released last week was uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition, and it's definitively crashing for a bunch of people. Now, a lot of there have been some updates which are improving things, but realistically, what happened here was this thing got launched in the Microsoft Store. Oh, I just kind of bit my lip. Got launched in the Microsoft Store, and um, it didn't it didn't go so well. Really, it, people were trying to open it. It would crash. They would get into the game. It would crash. Uh, it was just a, a, a shining example of what a Windows Store app shouldn't be, and it created a lot of anger and a lot of bad reviews. You can go look at the reviews in the Windows Store, or excuse me, in the Microsoft Store, and uh, you can kind of see how many people were pissed off. I think some of the issues are getting resolved, and it's better. 
but it's more one of those things like Microsoft launches in the Windows Store, getting people into that store, getting people to download a game through that, because most people go to uh, Steam for games, don't forget that, and then it's just a bad experience. Just a bad, bad, bad experience. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Anyway, so that's that's going on. Uh, other things happening in the world of Microsoft, I don't have a whole bunch of details on this, but I've heard actually from a couple of people now. Uh, there's some reorgs, more reorgs going on inside of Microsoft, uh, inside of the Azure org uh, specifically. There's quite a bit happening, moving around, um, people getting new bosses, other bosses going to other areas. Uh, other things that are also happening inside of the reorg world of Microsoft, Javier Soltero, I believe is his name. So he, if that name doesn't ring a bell, probably recognize the name Accompli, possibly. Microsoft bought Accompli, which was an email application for iOS. And then they rebranded it to Outlook. And so if you're using Outlook, that's his product. And so he was running Outlook and all that stuff. And now he is actually the head of Cortana, which is interesting because I was trying to figure out who the head of Cortana was previously, and we didn't really have a clear example. And so now I believe he's the VP of Cortana or something like that, which is good because that product needs very formal and very concise and very uh, aggressive, aggressive techniques currently. Because, I mean, the only thing that's really shipping right now with it, you can see right back here, is that's the Harman Kardon Invoke. And that's really about only place it exists kind of outside of Microsoft's own software. And so it, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing, but hopefully uh, Javier is going to be able to light a little fire under here. I've, I've known him for now. I've chatted with him before. He's an extremely nice individual, and I wish him the best of luck. I think he's in a tough spot because Cortana, personally speaking, I don't think is in a great position. Microsoft lagged uh, too far behind and, and never really kind of pursued it like they should have, in my opinion. But here we are. And so now it's Javier's baby and he's got to run with it. So we'll be curious to see what happens. I'm not expecting anything overnight because obviously things can't happen that quickly in that space. But um, yeah, so here we are. And Javier is now um, he's now running that stuff. So good luck to him. Uh, other things, I, I got this from a tip from somebody earlier this week. Uh, Microsoft Teams, which is basically Microsoft's kind of productivity future uh, let me kind of qualify that, like the productivity future hub, maybe. That's where they're hoping that everybody will eventually just go to every day. You'll wake up, you open Teams, and it'll have everything you need across your entire org, and it'll live inside that application. And so Teams is getting a serious amount of investment because there's a lot of competition. Slack being notable. Google just launched their 17th chat application. Um, but this latest chat version is actually designed for their G Suite and is a, a Slack and Teams competitor. And so... Uh, Teams is off and rock and rolling. I'm hearing good things about it. I am now using it um, modestly on a light basis. Our small little company is starting to use it. We're getting, we're slowly moving away from Skype. Eventually over to Teams, we need some uh, better controls or better inputs, which we sort of got uh, for third-party contractors because we use a lot of writers and people um, such as Todd Clint, who just jumped into the chat room. Um, getting him into things like that would be um, beneficial, and it's not perfect yet. But anyways, so... Somebody got their hands on the development version of this, which if you're not familiar with Teams, you can build third-party apps and bots and all that stuff. So there's development software for it. And they noticed the word freemium. Freemium is uh, mentioned all over the development code. And it, I, I emailed Microsoft for comment, and they said explicitly no comment. Uh, they were not going to comment on that. So the word freemium shows up all the place. And then there's actually quoted uh, phrases such as, you are out of storage. You please contact your admin to upgrade. And so what they're doing here, and this has been speculated and it makes a lot of sense. They're going to have a free version of Teams that is going to be limited in some capacity. We don't know exactly what, but it's not hard to figure that out. There's probably going to be a hard number of free people allowed in. So maybe you can only have a team of 20, uh, limited number of channels. Maybe you can't access the bots. Maybe you... you 
actually there's actually additional phrasing that says you that file size exceeds the upload amount so i'm guessing that they're going to put like a hard limit of like five megs for a file upload size and so um they're getting there they're getting there with teams it's it needs some polish um as ty pointed out jumping between tenants is extremely awkward and that needs to be fixed and um this is this is very classic Microsoft right now, in my in my personal opinion, that Teams has a brilliant future if if Microsoft can get their ducks aligned and actually start building this and, and investing more and, and, and getting updates out the door. They've been doing a pretty good job, but you got to remember it's getting there and they're facing tough competition, so they can't be slow and they can't slack, if you will, on their efforts. And I, I hope that they get there. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted want to do is to get my um, to-do application. So right now I use Todoist uh, for personal productivity, but I would like that to get into Teams. I'd like to have it all in one place. And right now, even Microsoft's own to-do, Microsoft to-do is not available inside of Teams. And so these are like the little things that would make the product great, but they're not there yet. And we don't know when they're coming and it seems so logical, um, but, but here we are. Uh, so I, I'm optimistic about Teams as long as Microsoft keeps investing and they don't let it go to the wayside, kind of like Cortana with the Invoke back there. And so uh, Teams free version, be on the lookout. I don't know when they're going to announce this. It, it might take a little time, but obviously the effort here is get people into the Teams free version. Hopefully they'll upgrade to Office 365. And for those of you familiar with sales jargon, this is the top of the sales funnel for Teams or Office, I should say. And so that's what they hope to do. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how Teams evolves, and I hope it evolves quickly, and I hope Microsoft is lighting a serious fire under these people's butts because they can't they can't move. Their pace of development is mind-bogglingly slow sometimes, and it frustrates the hell out of me. So we will see. That's enough about Teams. Uh, Surface Laptop got an update that's going to help improve battery life and stability. Um, go download that. And uh, speaking of downloading updates, Microsoft is also going to help distribute Intel's uh, Spectre and Meltdown patches, which is great, except that the last time Intel said they had Spectre and Meltdown patches, it increased reboots and crashing and data loss. So the fact that they're not going to help, Microsoft's going to help distribute them makes me feel slightly more confident that Intel is like, you know, this patch actually works. It's not going to screw up your stuff, but um, we will wait and it's going to be coming through. It's going to be coming through Windows Update. Microsoft has a lot of experience actually patching firmware, so I trust Microsoft's confidence to do that through Windows Update. We know that because Microsoft does it all the time with Surface. Microsoft's got really good at patching firmware and low-level uh, microcode, as they call it, through their hardware products. So now the fact that Intel screwed up and has to patch a whole wide variety of this stuff, Microsoft uh, cut its teeth on some of their own stuff, and they had some issues. But you know what? Here we are, and they've got it figured out. So good for them. Good for them. All right, so Microsoft has a problem in the corporate world with these updates, these darn updates, right? Companies can't get off certain builds of Windows 10 even. Uh, I was going to say Windows 7, but that's not all the way true. So 15.11 got an additional five, six months, something like that. Uh, 17.03 did, uh, whatever, 16.03 or whatever. Geez, 16.03 and 16.07, I think, are all getting extensions. Anyways, here's the deal. Microsoft has to keep extending Redstone support lifecycle for the corporate user because they tried to get them to update roughly every 18 to 24 months. They couldn't do it, so now they're making it mandatory at 24 months because they realize 18 months isn't logical. 
And so one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to make updates easier, just updates across the board. And so the, in the latest Insider build, Microsoft has this new thing. Uh, they have precommit.cmd and preinstall.cmd. And what this allows you to do is to run scripts in the installation process so that when you're updating or actually even rolling back, there's, I think, a post one for if you have a, um, a bad install or whatever. But these preinstall and uh, what's the other one? Pre-install and pre-commit CMD files allow you to run these custom scripts to install things and make upgrading easier. So the idea here, and this is only available to enterprise customers, is that when you're updating a whole bunch of machines, you can have these custom scripts that are injected into the install process that allow you to configure the machine a little bit better than you can today. It's just more custom up installation processes, which is great. And Microsoft says that this functionality will carry over with each new build of Windows. And so the idea here is pretty obvious to make the upgrade process a little bit easier. And that way, Microsoft can hopefully hold these enterprise companies to that um, that traditional life. Tra traditional is a bad word. Their announced life cycle of 18 months um, per major release. So uh, we'll see if this is enough. I, I still don't know if it is. Microsoft is trying to truly work towards uh, updates that you don't even know like their end goal the magical scenario is that you're just using windows and it's updating quietly in the background and you don't even have to restart you never even know just suddenly one day there's new features there it's a little scary for the it pro because then they're they need to have that fine grain control but that's where they want to be they, they don't want you to ever to restart anymore um, they don't even want you to know you have to click buttons or do anything it should just be kind of seamless and in the background they're getting there but they're not quite and that's where microsoft's long-term goal for windows updates is It'll be curious to see what happens because right now, and they're they're, they're in this update cycle hell uh, where they have so many different versions of Windows 10 that they have to support. Um, life cycle changes are confusing. I know it's like, oh, you just look at a chart, but if you're expecting one thing and then they move it again, and then you start thinking like 1803 is going to come out here probably this month, which is Redstone 4. Is that one going to get an additional six months? You don't know. So then what do you plan and blah, blah, blah. You can see how this creates a lot of confusion. So all that good stuff uh, other big things that are happening microsoft announced uh the next major update for the xbox back there these i believe they're calling it the spring update it's redstone 4 um it's gonna have 1440p uh support for the xbox uh x and s which is great and if that you're wondering why that is that's because there's a lot of people who use their xbox on a computer monitor and now it will natively scale to um it'll it'll natively scale to that resolution uh, Charles in the in the comments or uh, chat room says, so is the Andromeda going to have the update future? I don't know. It, there is there's a lot of things we don't know about Andromeda yet. Uh, if it's running on a traditional Windows platform, just kind of skinned up, that's going to be real disappointing. Uh, supposedly, it's going to be gutted from underneath. I don't truly know if it's going to be there yet, but uh, we will see. Uh, Andromeda. In Andromeda, I think people are going to be, when they actually see what it is, I think they're going to be a little under, I think the rumors and the patents and everything are kind of overselling this. And when you see it and actually understand what it is, it's going to be a little bit underwhelming. I worry about this because it's getting hyped up so much. And every time it gets hyped up, it's a little bit more, it becomes a little bit more magical, a little bit more futuristic. And I'm just trying to like, set realistic expectations that this thing is not going to come out and suddenly everyone in the world is going to be wanting this device. I think this is more an aspirational type thing and uh, just kind of keep that in mind. The other thing that I am still waiting on, and maybe I should ping these guys here in a little bit, is, um, yeah, 
So what's going on with the Cortana and Amazon integration? Uh, I emailed them early January and we still don't have anything. It was supposed to be out January 1. It's now March 1 or March 2nd, technically. And then we also have the iTunes and the Windows Store, although I'm more confident that that is going to happen. I am beginning to wonder if the Cortana and Alexa integration is actually going to ever materialize. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, I'm getting getting more concerned day by day, to be honest. We will see. I hope it does. Um, I don't really know where it's going. you got to remember that the Amazon product is now coming to, believe, HP machines out of the box. And so I don't know if that's making Microsoft angry. I don't I don't know. Now that we have a new VP of it, uh, Javier, maybe I could ping him and ask him uh, what's going on. Because that's um, something that doesn't, it just, something's off. And I can't, I can't figure out who, what side it's coming from. So I've got good connections over at Amazon as well. So I should maybe ping them as well. Uh, we got a bunch of questions this week, as always, and favorite part of my week. And there's some, as always, there's good ones here. And let's refresh the page, make sure we get them all up there. All right. Mix, mix cipher. Oh, geez. M-M-C-P-H-E-R. Ask, he says, as a tech blogger, is it, <laughs> interesting, is it better to be a self-appointed cheerleader for Apple or Android or a morbidly self-appointed pallbearer for Microsoft, a company that is not dead yet? So, yeah, that that's, I, I don't really know where I fall. Obviously, I, I, I move towards the Microsoft side, but I mean, hell, guys, I'm wearing an Apple Watch. I use an iPhone. Um, I have a Nexus. Uh, I use Project Fi, which is a Google product. I mean, I use Chrome. I, I use everything. I don't, I try not to be a fanboy of anything, uh, mostly just because I'm not cynical, but I just, I, when you know things can be better than they are and they're not, it, it's frustrating. Microsoft is a shining example of that. And so Microsoft, because of their lack of mobile space, um, and I tend to kind of gravitate towards more towards their enterprise stuff lately, mostly because I think it's fascinating, such as like Teams, Teams I consider enterprise. Uh, I, I don't know. But I mean, if you're going to be a tech blogger, don't. <laughs> Here, I don't, I don't want to get on a massive like tangent here. I should do a whole episode about why you should or shouldn't become a tech blogger. Um, I shouldn't be a tech blogger by trade. I have an accounting degree. I have an MBA. Um, I, I never went to journalistic journalism school. I just had a passion for it. And actually I'm just more competitive than anything else and wanted to build a website that uh, would do well. And I helped with Neowin significantly. And that kind of turned into a career by accident. Um, if you want to get into tech blogging, do it because you like writing. Don't do it because you like technology. Do it because you like to write. Uh, the number one burnout reason why people don't become or fail as a tech blogger, fail if you want to use whatever word or stop being, is they realize they don't like to write. If you don't like to write, then you're screwed. Um, and I mean that even from a, a, a podcasting and video. I, to make this podcast, I wrote 412 words. Took me a minute to find out where that was. And so writing, you'd have to just enjoy writing. If you enjoy writing, then be a, then you can do whatever the hell you want in the blog world. Um, building a website is easy. It's 10 bucks. I think it's $7 for a domain, and you can get $3 shared hosting on Namecheap, and it's super easy. But but what should you do? You know, um, Somebody gave me some advice a long time ago. They said, be interested, and you'll be interesting. I don't, write about, you know, do whatever you want. Just as long as you're interested, people will find you interesting. So just keep that in mind. That's kind of how I run with things. Merck Blue says, not a question. Uh, oh, he said, huge props to the media cen center mentioned last week. The fragmentation of media consumption is probably the best argument for cutting the cord. 
uh, oh, against cutting the cord in 2018. There's still no live TV music consolidation device that can deliver. I uh, would love to see a mini Xbox and all that good stuff. I, I agree. Um, cutting the cord is, it's not messy, but it is complicated for the average person. Right now, you can go to your local cable company, give them 60 to how many ever dollars a month or whatever, and then you just get this one box and it just works on your TV. Um, and if that's all you need, it's perfectly fine and doable and you deal with all that crap and rental fees and all that stuff. But there are better ways. And if you want to watch TV on your computer, it's a big it, that's where the whole cable thing falls apart, because even if you want to watch TV on your computer, it becomes extremely complicated about logging into different services. And is that service supported? And then what you end up doing is going down the pirated route and then you pirate TV for a while, which you can do very easily through a web browser if you know where to look. And then you realize that, hey, there is a better way. And then for me, that led to the. HD home run, um, which I love and I'm going to be using here today and um, all that good stuff. Uh, GWJ.FL, I have no idea how you pronounce that name, says, anything new on a voice interface device for Xbox? Since Connect is dead and I don't want to use the headset, I was hoping Microsoft would have announced something like the Amazon Firefly remote uh, now to use Cortana via the Xbox. So Cortana now has a new boss, which we all know, because uh, I said it's whatever, 10 minutes ago with Javier. There isn't anything on the agenda right now. Cortana on the Xbox didn't do very well, from my understanding. Um, the usage was low and the frustration was high and people were more annoyed than anything else. And so I, I don't see them doing that. They're going to just tell you to use the headset, if anything else. The only thing that would make sense is actually if they started to build microphones directly into the Xbox controller, which would be interesting. And then you could use it that way. But that's additional expense and battery drain on the controller. So I don't know if they would do that. Um, you know, this one's to be determined, but nothing, I don't believe, directly on the radar that I know of at this time. The only piece of hardware that I know they are working on is the Elite uh, 2 controller, which I believe we'll see here at E3, which is roughly mid-June, give or take. Uh, Useman says, I believe either you or Paul said there's a reason why build tickets haven't sold out. I don't believe many of the attendees last year were UWP developers. It'd be a total shock to me if UWP devs actually made it up to a big chunk of uh, build attendees. I don't actually know. Paul never told me. I forgot to ask him. I don't know why build hasn't sold out. I don't know if they've offered a bunch more tickets this year, if that's one of the reasons. Um, I don't actually know why build has not sold out. So, uh, Paul Gathia says, do you think they will show off a file explorer at build 2018? Is there any new updates on cloud clipboard? Is there any chance that Microsoft of releasing another single screen phone side along the Andromeda device? Will there be an update to the home screen anytime soon? Uh, I refuse to call it the start screen. So will they show file explorer at build 2018? I don't know. The, the thing is, um, what's the benefit to showing off a UWP version of file explorer? Like it, it it's neat, I guess it's good to show what, um, that platform can do. Technically, there already is, I believe, a UWP file explorer. It was in uh, Windows Mobile. And so, I don't know. Um, the benefit of redoing file explorer is there's a lot of risk there because it's it's kind of classic Windows, if you will, and people are very comfortable and very familiar with it, and it works great. And so, I don't know if they really want to change that up too much. Um, they did have a full uh, redesign at one point, but they never shipped it. Um, cloud clipboard, I have no idea. I'm just more frustrated that that did not make it into Redstone 4. Uh, presumably, it's going to be in Redstone 5. We we will find out. If it's fully canceled at some point, I will probably cry in a corner um, with a nice bottle of scotch in my basement because I've been wanting this for ever since they showed off one clip many, many, many years ago. And will they ever make a single screen device? Probably not. I mean, you got to remember, they lost $10 billion. Like B with a B 
B with a B, billion with a B. And so for them to dive back into the mobile space like that is going to be with extreme caution. You got to remember, it was a big deal when they wrote off $900 million with the Surface RT. And it took them a long time to recover from that. And they lose $10 billion on mobile. They're not, they're not going to dive back in there with any meaningful thing. Um, M.M. Cypher? Second question, but it's all good. It says, I've lost track of the moving targets. The difference between the fast ring and skip ahead seems to either converge or grow larger. This is a dumb thing that Microsoft has done. I'm fully against this. They have two tracks. They have skip ahead, which is technically Redstone 5. And then they have um, the current build, which is the fast ring. So if you're on fast ring, you'll stay in the fast ring and you'll get Redstone 4, Redstone 4. Then you'll get the RTM build, Redstone 4. And then you'll automatically move up into Redstone 5 when it's released. You just get every single build that comes out. Skip ahead is if you don't want to ever get off of the insider stuff. And so right now they're technically getting Redstone 5 builds, which might have a few extra features enabled. It's unnecessary calamity inside of the insider program. I think they were like afraid people were going to get frustrated or something um with the redstone 4 stuff so they gave them the option to kind of jump ahead but you're not really getting much like it's not like they're putting big features or anything in there um it, i i'm wondering if they did that so they can get ex additional telemetry time to help make them more stable for when fastering people get up there i'm personally of the the eviction or conviction i should eviction conviction is that they should just have fast ring and, and the skip ahead stuff is dumb and just confusing and pointless um just keep it in fast ring and just go from there uh simone chu says why microsoft won't let people download office store apps without office 365 personal or home subscriptions what about office 365 business i tried outlook 2016 store app and it does not work for my work office 365 account uh here's why i believe is because the the traditional apps are they're going to get updated faster than these store apps right now and so i would eventually think that they would but you also got to remember a lot of companies also restrict the store and so they don't allow people to go to store apps and so i don't explicitly know why but I think that they keep them on the older apps because they're easier to manage at this time. Sponsilia says, Mobile World Congress has just finished. It's a place where the mobile technology world converges. I sort of agree and disagree. Um, I would say that the mobile world of technology converges at um, Apple's developer world, a worldwide developer conference in June, and Google I.O. personally. Um, is Microsoft's absence from such an event a mission that nobody... That not only is it out of mobile hardware, but even trying to push out of its mobile experience. Um, I fully disagree. They have some of the best apps on every single platform. They have mobile apps everywhere. Outlook is a great example. They have Office on everything. On Android, you have an, the Nova Launcher, I think it's called. Um, just because they didn't go to Mobile World Congress because they're not launching hardware doesn't mean they don't care. They obviously care about mobile. They released a massive update to Teams on iOS yesterday. It's They're, they're an app-first company. That's what they're forced to be because they don't have a mobile operating system. Uh, Marbo 100 says, since you now have a Surface Pro with LTE, uh, how much more is it than HP Envy X2, which also has LTE? I think that it's a better comparison than the Surface Pro you compared it to last week as far as features go, uh, excluding CPUs. I don't know if the information is public yet, so I'm not going to comment on that. I will later. Um, I'd like to see actual performance comparison between these two PCs. If you can go, you can get HP to send you one. I think Paul has one. Um, but the underlying performance stuff is going to be relatively the same though because it's not like there's new intel chips 
um, that have come out. I mean, it, it's all off the shelf components other than basically the, the screen and the form factor. Um, so performance should be basically the same. There might be marginal differences, but nothing that's going to, uh, you're not playing PUBG on these things by any means. Uh, Tourniquet says, uh, this is, huh. I, I don't know the answer to this question. He says, where is Dave Cutler currently working on? If you're not familiar with that name, you should go read a book called Showstoppers. Uh, it's a wonderful book about kind of the genesis of modern windows, if you will, and the race to, to build it and the issues and challenges. And Dave Cutler, uh, was a cornerstone figure in that book and at Microsoft and in windows for that matter. And, um, it's a very interesting read and it also explains why most people don't know his name is cause, um, there's a very funny quote in there about why he doesn't want to give interviews or why and all that. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I don't actually know where he's working. And says, is there any news regarding a Casio and Microsoft deal? Uh, he's citing something from Microsoft announced a new licensing partner with Casio. Can we still expect a smartwatch from Casio? I don't know exactly what Casio was licensing. And um, that's a very, very interesting question. I don't know. I'll actually poke around and see. I will actually, I will see. I don't know. Uh, kind of Casio is a name that I have not heard in a while. Oh, well, guys, that wraps up for today. Um, kind of an interesting week. I think March is going to be a busier month for Azure stuff. So if you're in the enterprise world, I think we're going to be seeing quite a bit more. We're also kind of running up to build. Um, I'm hoping that we're going to start to hear more about the finalization of Redstone 4. And uh, if you're on the East Coast, there's a big uh, nor'easter or whatever the hell it's called hitting. And it came through my house yesterday with about 60 to 75 mile an hour winds, which was a lot of fun to try to go outside in. I actually went to the gym and walked through that stuff and I was uh, not too smart about it. But um, I think that about does it for today. I'm going to jump off of here and try to figure out this uh, voice meter banana software and see if I can get it set up because um, I'm curious to see if this will actually work. And if it does, then I think my podcast studio will be complete until I decide to tinker again, which would, you know, just give it a week. But um, once, I, once I do get it all figured out, I'm going to do a very serious and long write-up. And who the hell is calling me? Um, I don't recognize that number. But um, that does it for today, folks. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the tips this week. I got a lot of good stuff. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at BDSams. That's a great place to send me tweets or whatever. You can also add me on Snapchat, which is where a lot of people communicate as well with about tips and stuff. Same thing, BDSams. Um, Instagram, not so good, but again, BDSams. As always, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch you right back here next week.